Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And we wanted to go ahead and thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for commenting and sharing and getting the word out. Yeah. Yeah, and for the reviews. We appreciate it. Yep. So, what is our episode about today? Well, this case, our episode today, is actually a request. Yes, okay. it was a request. Okay. So, a little bit different than what we typically do. This is not a, this started out as a missing case. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. Uh, when we started working on it, when Will started researching it, mm-hmm. but it turned into a murder. Yes. So, if you haven't guessed, it's the Eliza Fletcher case. Yeah, this is a very big case. I mean, okay. it, we always talk about those cases now, Rhonda, that were... Um, you know, social media cases or whatever. I feel like this was definitely one. Like you can consider it. I, I feel like a lot of my friends uh, told me about this case. Yeah, actually, I don't think I knew about it uh, until like maybe around the time her body was actually found. And I don't know how I missed it, but yeah. I just don't recall it until you know they actually found her, mm-hmm. which I believe. She was kidnapped on a Friday, I think, and then they found her body on Monday. Yeah, I believe yeah. you're right. But it, it, just, it just goes to show the power of social media and stuff like that, too. That And, you know, even us here, like where we are, we, we hear about cases as far as, you know, I mean, I guess we're not too, too far from where this case happened, Memphis, Tennessee. But I've heard of a lot more cases with social media that we were very, you know, not near. Like, you know, cases in, I don't know, like Alaska, you know, things like that. Things that I've told you about previously. So I love social media for that reason. Yeah, it, uh, it's a good way to get the word out. Yep, for sure. All right, we ready to move on? All right. Okay, well, as I said today, we're going to be talking about the recent kidnapping and murder of Eliza Fletcher. And as Will said, has dominated uh, mainstream media this month. And it serves as an important reminder to hold your loved ones close and live every day to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you don't know what may happen. Exactly. Eliza Fletcher was a 34-year-old junior kindergarten teacher who worked at St. Mary's Episcopal School. She was also a mother of two boys and was married to her husband, Richard Fletcher III. Although Eliza's life seems simple, her upbringing could have provided her with a life of luxury that many of us could not imagine. Her grandfather, according to an article by Sky News, was Memphis hardware businessman and philanthropist named Joseph Orgill III. He was a billionaire who oversaw a huge growth of a Memphis hardware supply company known as Orgill. The company itself was said to be worth over $3 billion, and employs roughly 5,500 people. That's a lot of people, y'all. It is a lot of people. And I looked it up, and it obviously it's still in business. Yeah. I don't know if it's it's still a private company. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I guess the largest private um, hardware provider. I think it's hardware. Yeah. Uh, our, our distributor, hardware distributor. I believe distributor. you're right. Yeah, like hardware distributor. Yeah, in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big company. And like I said, privately held. So I don't know if her family still owns it, but her grandfather became the company president in the late 1960s and began to expand through many business acquisitions and now serve uh, now serves 11, over 11,000 retail stores throughout the U.S. and Canada. Wow. Now, although Eliza could have simply lived off her family's money, that wasn't enough for her. Faculty and staff at her school described her as a bright light in their community. She apparently really loved her job and the lives of the children she taught. Of course, of course. According to an AP News article on September 3, 2022, Eliza was last seen running approximately 4.20 a.m. on February September 2, 2022. As she was running, a man approached her and forced her into a dark-colored GMC terrain. This was near the University of Memphis campus on Central, Central Street, I assume. Mm-hmm. In I believe that's right. 
Eliza put up a fight, but she was ultimately taken during those early morning hours. After she failed to return to her return from her morning run, her family reported her missing. Both her cell phone and water bottle were discovered in front of a house owned by the University of Memphis. The university itself offered a $50,000 reward for any information on Eliza's abduction. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That certainly catches someone's attention. $50,000. Yes. The Fletcher family offered this reward via Crime Stoppers in hopes that Eliza could be safely returned to them. A timeline of this case was generated in an article for News Channel 3 by Stuart Rucker, Autumn Scott, and David Royer. Following her disappearance, Eliza's damaged cell phone and slide a slide sandal were found on the ground at Central Avenue and Zach Curlin Street. Uh, Zach, Z-A-C-H, mm-hmm. Curlin Street. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, these items were eventually collected and given to law enforcement officials for analysis. Around 9 a.m. that same day, a city watch was issued for Eliza, and her story begins to spread on local news sites. The FBI, TBI, or Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, mm-hmm. began to get involved as well. They got the FBI pretty involved quickly on the on this case, too. I was surprised. I was surprised, too. Does I didn't know the FBI got... Do they normally get involved, or if it's only you, when they think you cross state lines? You know, the the only thing I can imagine, I think you can to reference that you want maybe the FBI to be involved somehow, like at any time, I think, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily, I guess, you know, mean that they might be, but I mean, I guess if the family or somebody asked for it. So I always thought it was uh, either through inter- interstate issues or through uh like murders and things like that they'll get involved yeah like or so, do you think it, it might have been like, i think it might i think it has to be like an upgraded case yeah do you think it was like a university thing or like maybe like since it was near the university or something would it be maybe like because that? it would depend i, I really don't know I they're, don't know. they're when it comes to investigative arms basically nothing is set in stone if you think it's a rule it's a suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the FBI could step in at any time and decide, hey, this has enough of a issue where we can call it our jurisdiction. So I don't know. Nevertheless, I guess they got involved. Or they could be called by the cops and say, hey, we don't have the equipment to deal with this. We need some help. Yeah, true. Which yeah. is very unlikely, though. Uh, yeah, I would think because I wouldn't think they'd want to lose control of the, no, the, they ju- their jurisdiction. But if they're if they're pushed hard enough by the family, they'll do it just to keep people off their backs. Yeah, and there could be two or three reasons here. Uh, you know, Memphis is not that far from the state line, so it could be that they thought maybe she was kidnapped and taken across state lines. That's true. Or, could be or true. because it was a kidnapping case. Think back to the Lindbergh uh, baby yeah, kidnapping. Kid- very true. The FBI got it, FBI got involved really quickly on that one, mm-hmm. and also the fact that you know she's from a wealthy heiress, and maybe they expected kidnapping and a ransom note. Exactly. I could see all three of those kind of coincide. Yeah. So that that could be it too. Uh, the night of September 2nd sees many volunteers from the Shelby County Sheriff's Office searching the wooded area near Overton Park. The following morning, police pinpoint a, the SUV suspected in Eliza's kidnapping and detain one man who is eventually identified as Cleotha Abston. Abston is linked because of the slides discovered at the at the abduction scene. A DNA test is performed on the slides and definitely linked to Abston by TBI. Abstin is eventually charged on September 4th for aggravated kidnapping and tampering with case evidence, but he still refuses to give any information on Eliza's whereabouts. Records on file indicate that Abstin has a violent history 
and previous conviction for aggravated kidnapping in 2000. Mm -hmm. The case involved a prominent attorney who was abducted from Beale Street and taken to an ATM to withdraw cash. The site of Eliza's abduction was apparently not far from Abstin's Abstin's apartment as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, I guess it's, I because I think at the very beginning too, Rhonda, they were they may have been looking at this case as like a crime of opportunity, or like maybe since it was a a wealthy, sorry, scratch that, it was a crime of like maybe like oh he was looking for ransom because it was Eliza, but then they're like okay since it's close to his apartment maybe it was just a crime of opportunity and he just snatched a random girl off the street. So you know, either way. And I was wondering about that, Will, because I believe I had heard uh, earlier this week that he had been in the area for like 24 minutes Mm -hmm. before she came through jogging. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was wondering. Was he waiting for her? Did he had he watched her and knew that was her normal route and about the time she'd come through? And maybe he'd researched, oh, you know, here's someone who could pay a, a good ransom. Yeah. I mean, it might have been true. It does, from what I can gather, though, like from kind of like what we'll talk about next, he doesn't seem like he's the most intelligent person, in my opinion. So I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's a, a thing that maybe he could have seen himself doing. But I don't know. I seem to think more of a crime of opportunity because what he does next isn't the smartest. That's just me, though. And I'm not a, like not an official or law official or an expert by any means, but that's just my opinion. All right. Well, let's let's move on. According to an article by Stuart Rucker and Quamitra Wilburn from WREG.com, an affidavit saw several law enforcement agencies conducting searches of an area in South Memphis from East Person Avenue to Victor Street. This location was chosen because an officer had noticed the tire tracks in the grass near an abandoned home on Victor Street, along with a distinct odor of decomposition. Following these leads, a body was discovered next to a set of stairs near the driveway of this abandoned duplex. Law enforcement agencies decided to review camera footage in the area and eventually discovered that the suspected perpetrator's vehicle was in the area on Friday, February 2nd, around 5.48 a.m. In the footage, Cleotha Abstin gets out of the SUV, goes inside an apartment, and cleans the vehicle for roughly one hour. The following morning, September 6th, sees people identifying the body of Eliza Fletcher. Additional charges of first-degree murder and murder in perpetration of kidnapping were added to Abstin's now-long list of offenses. Mm -hmm. A press conference was actually held on September 6th surrounding Eliza's case. In the conference, Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy reinforces the swift justice which was given for violent repeat offenders and like abstin yeah like i'm 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 all for it like shoot he's already had so many violent offenses already and that we've talked i mean like especially with the abduction of the lawyer and stuff like that and the, i'm sure that this wasn't his first like abduction of a woman probably too but it just goes to show like i hope they do throw the book at him for that yeah and actually i was reading through something uh earlier that uh they put his, and I think I've got this right, they put his DNA in CODIS and was actually able to tie it to a case in 2021. Okay, so he's linked to other things as well. Yeah, this was uh, a rape case. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, I 
believe they've charged him with that, or at least they're looking at that. But his, his, his DNA did match up with what they had. Well, I'm glad that they're kind of, you know, it's since they found him and like perpetrating Eliza, like, you know, her death could be, at least it's not for nothing because, you know, maybe she's in somehow weird way bringing justice for other, you know, victims as well. So I hate that that for the, that the family's going through that, but I'm glad that, you know, he's finally seeing the justice that he needed to seek a long time ago. Yeah. Well, her family released a statement during the press conference that are torn apart by this senseless loss, but want Eliza to be remembered for her contributions to her family, friends, and student. Here's a direct quote from the press conference. We are brokenhearted and devastated by this senseless loss. Liza was such a joy to so many, her family, friends, colleagues, students, parents, members of her Second Presbyterian Church congregation, and everyone who knew her. Uh, as always, our sources will be listed in the show notes, and you can reach out to us on Instagram. But uh, actually, before we, we close this out, I just want to make a comment, and I was reading about this. On September 9th, thousands gathered in the street of Midtown Memphis at 4.20 a.m. Runners, oh. bikers, and others honored Eliza by finishing her 8.2-mile run from her Midtown home. Ah, that's such a nice like thing to do too. Like that's a good way to you know commemorate her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between I would say two and three thousand, and it was people lining the streets, people running. As I said, walkers, bikers, uh, just to honor her with completing that. I that love that. Run. I think that's awesome. And you know, Rhonda too. But I guess before we close too, I, I had kind of an idea because I was like, well, how can we tie this in to like, you know, 2022? You know, I know it's a case from 2022, but like maybe for other women like listening to the podcast too. And I kind of looked at this article that was mainly about, you know, and it, it sucks that now women are having to worry about, oh, you know, I can't just go on a run without being abducted or being, you know, attempted to be assaulted by somebody. So I looked up this article on, on NBC News that was just basically like some safety tips that, you know, women can use when they're running. And, you know, uh, it, it's by a woman named Nicole Spector. And she kind of just goes over, you know, just making sure that maybe you're, well, you know, running with another person or like maybe not having your earbuds in so you can hear, you know, kind of be aware of your surroundings. And then also just like, uh, I think another thing was just carrying pepper spray and making sure you're trained as how to use it. It sucks that women have to kind of, you know, think about these maneuvers and stuff, but in 2022 and, you know, in current today's world, I just think it's necessary, unfortunately. Yeah. And I will have to say, I do know women that run early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily at 4:30. Yeah. But, you know, early, you know, well before work hours, mm-hmm. just so they can get their workout in before they do go to, to the work. Office. And, you yeah. know, that's when you have to go and work out. Yeah. So it's not unusual. And, you know, it, not only just this case, but, you know, just a reminder to that there are so many missing people out there. And that's one of the reasons why we do the podcast. Yeah. And Memphis doesn't exactly fall into the category of small towns, which is what we normally do. But, uh, you know, just a reminder to to just remember these people. And hopefully, you know, in this case, she was found. But in so many of the other cases we do, um, they're people, not. People you know? are still looking and still have hope. Exactly. And I, I think, too, you know, it just it, there, it's a senseless tragedy that didn't have to happen. It just happened that one person took away, you know, a, a mother and, you know, I'm sure a sister and a daughter, like from, you know, from this family that is just, you know, torn apart. And it just sucks like that. It shouldn't happen. Like that shouldn't be a world that we live in. Right. I agree. I don't know. It just, but I, I've been, I, 
was happy to look at that case. That was like a recommendation from someone that uh, I had talked to. And it just goes to show, like you said, you just need to, you know, hug your loved ones a little bit tighter. Yep. Agreed. Well, we'll have a, uh, another small town missing next week and we appreciate everyone listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and remember, please share with everyone and don't be afraid to comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, tell us if you have any cases you want us to go over. Uh, we have some plans for October just Ooh. because it's spooky season, but he hasn't told me I've told you a little bit, but not <sighs> much, but we will see what happens and we'll catch you next week. 